listening to the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican Podcast. brother love a little jameson yes sir welcome colin it's been a minute yeah i've been, been wanting to talk to you for a while ah oh, thank you bro I'm relax let yourself become one with the microphone yes sir. <laughs> i want to say man thank you for uh Letting us into the into the fold down here, bro. Calmado, champ. Calmado. Come you ain't got to thank, thank me for shit. Come on Ladies now. and gentlemen, we're here with the man himself, Mr. Colin Corrigan. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Corrigan. Now, see, now you got me fucked up on your last name. <laughs> it's like saying transpeninsular, dude. It's Corrigan. It's easy. Just try Transpeninsula. It. <laughs> um, my dude has been... Taking over this industry, both sides of the border now for like the last, what, three, four years? Four what? years, yeah. Four years. Four and change. Um, my dude has taken over by sense of opening a brewery in Ensenada. Cerveceria Transpeninsular. And it's, dude, I've been there twice. And then I've kind of like laid low and not really done anything like traveling. But as soon as all this shit boils over, I need to get back down there. You guys had like legit kitchen, um, some awesome beers, bro. The Thank establishment, you. your, your, your actual location as it relates to everything in Sanada and just your tasting room is perfect, bro. It's a perfect layout of what a brewery should be like the, the style that you're going that. for, man. Well, I appreciate it. You know, that was the whole deal, Steve. I was like, you know, the feel and like you've done here, man, I feel like I'm walking into like a good show hall back in the day, you know what I mean? And the, the vibe and the feel. And when you and I connected, you know, earlier before you opened, I was, I was happily envious going, man, someone has a good vision. They're doing exactly what they, what they, they said they're going to do. And, uh, you nailed it. And that's, I feel the same way with our place. It's a work in um, progress, as you know. Yeah. It never ends, man. It's always another fermenter it's always another brewer with a different point of view and but finally like you you've settled in and so have we and we finally have calmed the waters and we don't have a revolving door of guys swinging around anymore we got a neat team and as he is bro you know the drill you know what it takes to get through all that so stuff. let's let's rewind a little bit for sure. you mr colin tell us a little bit about yourself where your roots sure. what kind of got you in, involved in this industry were you always in the service industry as it relates to beer mm-hmm. um and, and now moving forward to where we are currently with Cruz 241, Cruz 241 here on 3rd Avenue. Like, what got you involved with all this? What are your origins, bro? For sure. So, I'm born and raised in San Diego. Um, spent most of my life in Pacific Beach. Um, lived in La Mesa. Beachy bro. For, yeah, <laughs> a beach bro. But um, always had a passion for the, the food service industry. So, snap backwards. Um, I was in screen printing. Uh, printed skateboard decks and t-shirts for punk rock bands um, for a lot of years. Had a clothing company called Carb Clothing. Nice. Um, you know, we did like bong clothing, you know, like when smoke shops were jumping off, we used to sell down to Dream Crystal down here and a couple of the old places and Berlin Wall. And But anyways, um, our, our facility was wall to wall with which what was then Carl Strauss's first production facility outside of Columbia Street. And, you know, we were a bunch of stoners, had a little mini ramp and people would always like leave the pressure washer on from the night before. And we'd always see water coming through the floor. 
And finally, one day, because Carl Strauss would brew during the night and not in the day there, because it's over there, we're behind C's Candies over there on Kurtz. And finally, the doors were open. We went over there, and I was like, whoa, what is this? Like, oh, we make beer. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, here, here's a jug. And it was back when the growlers were clear. Yeah. And uh, I didn't meet Car- uh, Paul then. It was a couple other. I met Chris Kramer then and a few other cats. But that was my first touch, man, in 1991. Um, Damn, that is old school. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. old. I'm 50. Yeah, bro. So got a first splash of red trolley. Oof. And uh, that was my first like experience with craft. And then, uh, so I got, we were our neighbors. We printed boards and shirts there and stuff and hung out and became kind of a cool deal. Then I went to um, culinary school up in San Francisco for a few years and did that in California Culinary Academy. And I worked for Sammy's Woodfire Pizza. So I've always kind of touched it. But then I leaned into screen printing and that took me to a career of, you know, 20 something years. Yeah, bro. Tell me a little bit uh, about the bands you work with. That's that's always interesting, especially when you say local punk bands. I'm like, I want to see if if our streams crossed at one point or another. Well, for sure they did. I mean, I I was with Mike Monroe. I did all of Skin Tight stuff. Mr. Red Eye Records. Yeah, Red Eye Records did all their stuff. I have some of uh, the very first um, Unwritten Law, law, the seven inch that everyone wants to get their hands on. I've got a couple of those. I was with them for the whole birth of Dude, that seven inch is legit. I know. Blurred. Yeah, yeah, and that, it's that, hard that, to come a, by. I think I have one somewhere in here in Hold the office, an old school one, man. Yep. And it's funny because that studio, like, it didn't put out a lot of quality sounding uh, production, like the whole Blue Room actual CD. But that CD came out perfect. Yeah, it was amazing. It was a it was a groundbreaking album. And those dudes are rad, Scott, and all those guys are just super cool. Pichu also lives down in in, uh, in Playa now, in bro. TJ, yeah, yeah. So I thought I heard that was a word I heard, man. My buddy uh, Jonas Wingen always hangs out with him. Jonas is a cat I met through the screen printing side, but um, so yeah. So music wise, I was printing shirts and played in a couple bands. Played in a band called Nowhere Fast, um, which is how Greg Raymond comes into the fold. Hey, Greg. And uh, <laughs> Infected was a band out of El Cajon. A couple tweakers. I played drums for. It was fun. We used to play a lot and. Um, you know, uh, in parties and backyards and stuff like that. But Greg Raymond, a huge mentor to me. I love that guy for life. Um, I got to be part of the whole Infamous Symphony, Rigamorta, San Diego. We a meat wagon. We kind of all traveled in a pack. We uh, played everywhere, all over San Diego, when when no one wanted punk rock and hardcore. As an aside, for people who don't know, Greg Raymond. Greg Raymond is one of the um, homies. He's <laughs> for better or for worse. I've known that guy since I was fourteen years old. Man, he's Beautiful been fucking being. busting my balls since I was fourteen years old, <laughs> making him go buying burritos but now that we're older he's got nothing but nice things to say about me so I'm oh, like, all right whatever <laughs> he's a beautiful human being and, and he was he really helped me a lot with all of our screen printing he did all of our graphic design work and did all of our layout catalogs um i can't thank him enough for the experience and the fun i had with that dude and then reconnecting with him here i had no freaking idea that he was involved as a friend like yeah. a family friend with the with with three punks and and being a, a an ambassador of your guys for kicker kick-ass fucking brand but anyway so yeah screen printing led me into screen printing led me into more screen printings Honduras fucking Mexico um, I opened up a warehouse in Ensenada in 2005 um, to service the maquiladora the maquiladora industry down there and it's a huge industry to service bro well it was wild because <laughs> no one was no one was servicing from the Mexico side from the maquila side it was all national products so uh-huh. everyone would import nationally pay EVA and all that shit I found a way to import it temporarily and that the guys wouldn't have to pay taxes so they would declare it as it goes out so that's how kind of now comes in how the beer kind of swings back to it you know Carl Strauss printing 
printing now back into beer. Um, Damien and Ivan Morales, their cousin, is has been one of my customers forever. Insurgente. Insurgente, Los Chavos. And I watched those guys make their homebrew to like their nano. And she would always tell me, ah, you got to meet my cousins. They make beer in, in Tijuana. And um, so I connected with those dudes indirectly. And then at the time I was, um, we're in like 2000, I don't know. 11, 12 now, I saw the craft beer thing cross over in Antonada. And, you know, Wedland opened up, Eugenio cracked open the doors of a tasting room, which I thought was really, really innovative because I didn't have to, I was living in part-time in Ensenada and living in La Mesa at the time with my ex-wife. And I was like, shit, man, I got a place I can actually go have a pint now. And, um, you know, as you know, anyone starting out, beer was a little rough, like anyone starting out, but it was a rad vibe. And you had, you all know, small businesses. We <laughs> all start, whether it's a kitchen, out, beer, yeah. whatever, whatever it is. But he, I watched his product just get ex- extremely better over the years. And I was stoked because I, I had a place where I could go have a pint, listen to music, have some brew pub food. Um, and that was kind of where I went because I was there. I was there Monday through Thursday, and then I would come home for the weekend. And then it slowly led to me living there. Um, so yeah, so I, I met Eugenio, and I liked what he was doing. I was I was still not aware of the boom in Mexicali or all the other upstart guys, um, but obviously craft beer guy from San Diego. And then I was just watching it. My industry was taking a really bad turn, man, where Walmart and Target were destroying my customers. Over. Yeah. yeah, they're fucking my customers, yeah. not paying me. I'm at the bottom of the pack, and I'm the ink guy, and there's five ink guys, so let's not pay him, and we'll pay the other guy. So my business started to suffer really, really bad. And at 45, I decided a career shift. I'm like, you know what? I love what Yehenya's doing. Agamala still hadn't opened a tasting room or was just getting ready to, and the, then the whole Plaza Zapato thing was going. I was like, I want to make a tasting room. At that point, it was getting attacked from all fronts uh, in, in the the border towns because I, I know Mexicali. That's where my dad's from, and my, some of my cousins would still reach out to me, and be like, "Yeah, man, vamos a las cervecerías aquí en Mexicali, pa pa pa." I think they were talking about fauna, right? Fauna yeah, fauna, was, fauna was from Mexicali. Maldro, Coralillo, uh-huh. Tres um, Bay, I want to say. Bay, yep. Yeah, so yeah, they Amante. would always tell me about those guys, and at the same time, you know, shit's popping off in Tijuana. You know, like what you said, like Insurgente, Madueño, Madueño, um, Norte, Silenos, Silenos, Norte. Yeah. yeah, so all those guys at the same time were fucking grinding. Azteca. You know, grinding, make, making making headway for everyone else to jump on board. Yeah. And then, yeah, ultimately it was boom. I, Ensenada was like on the tail end of that. That's when I started hearing more like, oh, Ensenada's doing that, like Doble C and fucking Wenla, you right. know, and, and then you. Yeah. yeah, we kind of came up and 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 got started. And what I what I was seeing, Steve-O, that was missing in our in our little pueblito. You know, Ensenada is a very interesting place. It's it's very difficult at times, but I love it now. You Go know? ahead. What's up? What's up? What, what are the some of the uh, obstacles or difficult encounters you 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 in, you face while trying to open up? Wow. Well, let's say I would say it's a very society societistic city. I don't know how that word's correct or not, but like if you're not from there or you're not like cousins or primos or tias or somebody you got that golden ticket you don't got that easy ride yeah. and, 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 I, and i basically fuck i don't need the golden ticket i did it anyways and well i guess uh, that's a bigger question is how is it being the white dude opening in ensenada <laughs> opening you know like it's mellow now it was it, it took some lumps and bruises but it just made me stronger it's just like getting thrown down in a slam pit you just get back up and you know keep your guard up but don't don't be a dick and hit people true you know and, and i got that same mentality you know what i mean and and i became close with certain people that got it and the ones that 
that still think there's a two two brewery town. Well, that's you know unfortunate. They they're myopic, and that's okay. But now the community's established itself, and everyone's working together. And and you know we share grains with guys, and you know the whole deal with the crowler thing. As you know, I, I helped a lot of guys with crowlers, and you know sold one to Nathaniel Dagomala and Border Psycho. So we have our allies. We don't have enemies of it. You know, like anyone. There's as another aside. Your ass pulled me out of the fucking. Thank you, bro. Fucking fired, fucked by more, multiple occasions when we first started the pandemic. Because um, most of the people listening know, since we lived through the pandemic in this industry with us, is that there was a shortage on cans, and unfortunately, cans was the only bloodline that you could use as a revenue stream to survive during right. the pandemic. People couldn't come in and have pints, nope. so obviously you had to have vessels for which to sell these beers to go. So we had crawlers, and then we eventually transitioned back into or into four packs and, and growler fills. But crawlers, man, those things were like that was the truly. Remember in April? It. Remember yeah. we, we, we had that was good. Let's knuckle that one, that dude. Good. We made it. Boom, brother. Yeah. Like yeah, because there was I, our usual vendor was out for like three months, two yeah. months. Everyone was, and out. I was like, oh fuck, we don't have enough to get by. We we loaded up on so many growler glass growlers, and we went through all those. And then yeah, you came through and said, hey man, I can get you a pallet. Then. One pallet turned into, let me get you like this many more and this many more. And I was like, fuck, we're moving a lot of stuff. And you then sold a lot of crawlers, I, I felt man. bad, but it was like, good. We, we found you and you were able to give us that fucking, that, that extension rope. We thank helped you. each other. No, thank, thank you. Thank you. No, you're welcome, brother. It was, it was, it was nice to be able to help out a brother. And, and like I said, is it, it made me feel good that from the other side, we were still able to help. And, and that's the thing is that's the kind of thing that I think certain people finally, it resonated like, okay, this guy's a, a gringo frijolero, but Hey, he's doing his thing. And honestly, in, in a nice way, I think I've, push the industry down there to step their game up in, in quality wise. And, um, that was, that came on some hard knocks. You know I mean? We had Callaway Ryan as our head brewers, a rad dude, but he kind of went sideways and you know, had to move out. And then we brought down Brian Kelly, uh, who was, uh, was a, there for a short period of time. He gave us some innovation and some knowledge, but also show me certain things that I can do better at you know, as, as management and things like that. So I, I, he, I left, he left us, uh, with me realizing that it doesn't need to be an American brewer to direct things. You, you need to, to stay within your community. And, um, we now have an amazing brewing team. We have, we don't have a head brewer, like a guy at the top of the deck, you know, barking orders, staring at a flat screen. I've got three people at the deck now, Richard Mayen, uh, Laura Garcia. We're one of the only breweries in Baja with a female brewer. And then jazz jazz was a beer tender at Wedland. Laura used to be the head brewer at Amante. And Richie was a beer server at Wedland, and then he was an assistant brewer seller man at, at Insurgente for two and a half years. Oh, nice! So he came with some some knowledge. So you assembled a new team. Assembled a new team, and the vibe is just like, dude, my brewery now. I can be here and hang out with you, do brand development, relationships, and not worry about who's mopping floors. We've or- been harping on this in the last few episodes and across all industries, bro. I talked to a couple of my friends and people we know here in the in San Diego that are business owners, all industries but they all kind of rooted to the service having the right staff like Oof. representing your brand and working in your facility there is nothing more important my man oh you my know, gosh there is nothing more important when you figure out what's not working and then you kind of get the right dynamic of what does work oh you're like why didn't i figure this out why didn't i figure this out sooner yeah, yeah. It, it, it's unfortunate you know that it's unfortunate it's fortunate you know fortunate you know we have to go through a learning curve where we learn okay what works what doesn't work ground pay ground hole la 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 but then we get to that equation like okay this works now let's keep it now let's keep it now for us it's three years for you it's been four years down there so it took 
what took like three, four years for you to kind of get the the, the combination right of what you were looking for? To yeah, represent it, it. It, you know, but as long as it happened in the first five years, we can survive the, the kick. You know what I mean? And 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 I think we've both been through some ups and downs, and, and it's part of the show. And and I feel finally now like the front of the house and the back of the house are harmonized because I got a kitchen. That's a whole nother. Headache. Another another headache in itself, and my my lovely wife Gabby, she runs the whole administration, and nicely. It's I, I didn't say this with respect. I don't know half the staff's name anymore because I don't need to. I need to let them operate as a company and not be a micromanager. Take it easy, Steve Jobs. Well, no, oh, come on now. I don't know my staff. No, Take I don't. I mean, in a good way because if I if I micromanage, then then I'm doing exactly what's bad for a business. And and, and my wife's like, stay out of the way yeah. of the front of the house. You know what I mean? And it, that's that's what I'm getting at. I mean, it's a joke. I know their names, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that we eat this way. Yeah, eat this on. <laughs> but um, no, it's been good. And and the team is great. We have a, a mix of people from, from Tijuana and Ensenada on our team that have worked at... Now there's a recirculation of people that have been in the artisanal beer industry in Mexico. So we have a guy that poured beer at Fauna. We had a guy that worked in a kitchen at Wedland. So there's like there's a resurgence of employees now that understand cerveza artesanal. You're like the UN down there, bro. You're bringing, <laughs> like people, you're bringing people from all parts of Mexico to, to, <laughs> like to represent one your brand. Shit, you, dude, like United Colors of Benetton. But um, no, but it, it, how, how El Cruce started was... Um, so that's transponentialer. And the answer to your question is we now are a 15-barrel brew house. We're making beer for Baja. We're a state brand. Go ahead. We do not want to be the Mexico City, Guadalajara uh-huh. guy. We There's plenty of business from Tijuana to Cabo. And now we're sending beer over here to, to be on the street with you and a few other little establishments over the tap, Machete, um, maybe a few other little Mexican joints. So you, you did start bringing over a little bit of Trantanense being too loud across just, the border? Just recently. Just right, for, cool. for El Cruce, obviously. Four packs or kegs? or what No, you just draft. Okay, so just people can draft. find you at, at pubs and restaurants. Right. And right now you'll find us at Hoppy Days when Ben's open. Great guy. Third Avenue House threw a keg on uh, over the tap. Eddie over there, Eddie and Joanne, you know, huge advocates um, here at El Cruce. But that's it. We're, our goal is not to export beer to compete in this market. It was to raise awareness, raise awareness to tell people about here we are. Baja, and this is where we're from. And then to obviously to help promote my restaurant here in Chula Vista. Nice. Tell me about this restaurant, bro. Yeah, so it's crazy. Let me, so, let, me let, let me set the groundwork. Yeah, set the Open, groundwork. O- opening a, a business on Third <laughs> Avenue. You is, are the uh, ambassador of Third Avenue. It's off, often viewed like uh quicksand. You know, it's a lot of like hurry up <laughs> and you're not really getting you hurry up and, and stay in place, bro. It's like hurry up and wait. Because it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how much money you have, it doesn't matter who you know, it doesn't matter what your budget is. And what your timeline is, Third Avenue has a way of just kind of like flushing all that aside and saying, all right, you know what? You're giving yourself a year to open. Boom. Here's here's two years. Two and change. You know? So yeah. it's like, and it, you're, you're not alone, bro. You're yeah. not unique to that situation. I know us, it took us a long time. Uh, I know about Boa, it took them, everybody on the block, it took a little bit longer than they anticipated. Yeah. So yeah. what I told people opening a business and when they ask about, hey, man, what should I do on Third Avenue? It's like, once you get a spot, which is already difficult in itself, it's like, once you get a spot is don't. Don't promote when you're opening. Yeah. Don't get don't give anybody a heads up to what you're right doing open. or like we you know your 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 forecasted uh, open date is because damn there's no bigger target to put on your back than that. Ooh, you can't walk can't Third Avenue better. without like 25 people asking you, hey man, when you guys open? Hey yeah. man, when you guys can open? Hey, are you opening? Hey, you opening? It's like oh man, it's. God, so true, Steve. Oh, you know what? And 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 that was something we experienced. And I remember I was going to you. Remember Collabalooza? I was like, Steve, we're getting close. You're like, calling. Don't tell me until the freaking the paper's yeah. off the windows, darling. Yeah, bro. It's 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 a marathon. And and oh my my experience is just in Chula Vista. Oh, in Chula Vista, but primarily on Third Avenue. <laughs> Our bar, the Elwood, my partner and I took over Maddie. That was quick. That was like 
from one month to the next. I mean, we weren't building anything out, duh. Right. But I mean, I was like, oh shit! So we can get this kind of transaction done fast. <laughs> it's just building out and permits and you know bureaucracy oh, and, yeah. and and getting the right people in place. It's otro pelo champion. Oh, but now you are at Cruise Two Forty One. Give me a little bit of background on that. Well, Cruise Two Forty One, man. So. Um I like Steve said through the hard knocks, bro. Like fucking getting started, you know, dealing with the wrong people and some right people. Um, Galen Rogers, my partner, him and Pam Rogers, their husband, wife, and so Gabby and I, my wife, and Galen and Pam and I, this started over like a, a crayon and a napkin at the bar a month after we opened Transpeninsular. Galen walked in. He's a he's a good old boy from Ramona. I grew up in, in Colorado and Washington, and he's like, "Those are my kegs," and I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "Those are my kegs." And I go, "What are you talking about?" He was a primary investor in. Uh, Twisted Manzanita. Ah, okay. And so Jeff basically took him to the cleaners at the tail end when Jeff started borrowing money for the wrong reasons, mm. and Galen fell victim to that. So Galen was jokingly saying, hey, those are my fucking kegs. I paid for those, and then the dude shut the door down a month after. So anyways, that's the joke. It's kind of not funny for him, but it is now. So that's how we met. And Galen, Galen um, really liked what we were doing. And one day, we're sitting having a beer at the bar, and I go, you know what? It would be rad to take this not the concept, but some of the great beers that are being done in Tijuana and Ensenada, Mexicali, and just open a small little tasting room in, in San Diego. And um, Chula Vista, 3rd Avenue, I was obviously watching what you were doing, but I had never intentions of opening a two-story full-scale <laughs> restaurant on 3rd Avenue. Sometimes these uh, projects take on the yeah, life of their own, brother. <laughs> so, yeah, the original goal was to be a tap room, like an awareness tap room. And obviously with the licensing in San Diego, it was faster and easier to get a 41 for food. So that's what we did. And, and, uh, is it really, it was actually faster and easier than just to get a beer permit uh -huh. and, and put a tap room in is it's, they're not really throwing those around, especially in South Bay. Okay. So we wanted to be in South Bay because we liked what you were doing and with Eddie and, and obviously what we saw going on in IB with things jumping off down there. So I felt that the South Bay scene, because of, you know, the crowd that comes from Tijuana or lives on both sides of the border, they can relate better. And uh, we looked I mean, Chula Vista definitely bridges the gap, bro. It bridges the gap from Mexico down to San Diego. You know, I love Tijuana it, to San Diego. Can't get here unless you cross Chula Vista. You, you got to go. You know, all roads lead to Chula Vista. Yeah. And it's a, one of the largest municipalities in San Diego, which a lot of people don't know. Everyone seems to live in Chula Vista. Whenever I see someone, I go, where do you live? Oh, Chula, Chula Vista. Vista. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Everyone lives in Chula Vista. But um, so, yeah, so that project um, started out there. We had a we had a, 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 another person involved, um, Robert, uh, I forget his last name, um, Oh man, the guy from Mission Valley Food and Wine Festival. Robert Esparza. Robert Esparza, yeah. thank you. He was very influential in helping with the idea as well because he believed in my idea and the passion. And just because of a parting of ways, it didn't work out with him to be involved. Um, not a bad dude, just we did difference of personality with him and Galen and I. And so Robert stepped out before we really got going. Then we, but we were kind of stuck in the position where the, the, the parties that we were involved in because of Robert's involvement, we had to stay forward with those, which, you know, all about that. So here we are now, um, Holy Devoted Baja Tap Room, Wine Bar, and Kitchen. Damn. Yeah, we've got uh, beers from Transpeninsular, obviously, Insurgente, Wedland, Fauna. We threw some of uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Brooks's beers because he's a homie. He's part of the South whole- South Norte. Yeah, he's, South Norte is part of the cross-border movement. Um, the only wild card we put Thorn on because they make a Michelada that's absolutely amazing. And Eric O'Connor is a, a dear friend. And But the whole goal is 
collaborations from U.S. brewers and beers only from Baja, not even from Mexico, from Baja. Oh, nice. So you won't be finding, you know, Colima on tap. You won't be finding any of those other ones. One exception we're going to do is uh, Joaquin Orendine, who's a dear brother from Fortuna. Fortuna. He's a super bro. Yeah. And he's part of the movement as well. That so dude is like everyone's super bro. It's funny. He, he's an amazing. <laughs> You've either mean, gotten drunk with him. Smoke some twigs with him, <laughs> ran on a skateboard down the street with him, or He's all of the a, above, all at once. All of the above, man. He, to me, is probably one of the most calendar guys in, down there. I mean, he's a well-educated, smart dude, cool as fuck, understands San Diego. Mm-hmm. He's a punker, likes mm-hmm. to ride dirt bikes, yeah. skater. So, rad guy. I like him a lot, and I like his beer. I like his brand, him and his partner, um, Juanjo, are rad dudes. If you ever go to Guadalajara... Let him show you how to do Guadalajara. I know you know it because you've been down there. You, you we've tried to link up. We, we go a lot <laughs> prior to the, the Rona, but we, we go down there. We've tried to link up a bunch of times. But yeah, when we go down there, we got family and it's like all of our minutes are spoken for, bro. As soon as we get land, it's like, all right, now you're coming with me. I got to show you this spot. No, we'll we gotta try. Do this. We got to do that. <laughs> Plan a trip without that. Dude, not only does he roll the red carpet out, but he has it steam clean before you even roll it Hell out. Hell yeah. He's a good dude, man. He is. He's a class act. Shit, and- wife and I are looking into maybe like. Getting a pad down in Guadalajara. Dude, you know? Zapopan we, and the whole Zapopan, scene. Oh, yeah, fuck, yeah. it's rad, dude. But um, so that's the deal. So the, the so the whole concept is beer from Baja. We brought up uh, seven wineries, and four of them have never been across the border. We helped them. All from the Valle? All from Valle, 100%. Ooh, what are some of those wineries you brought up? So we've got uh, Lechuza, Vino's nice. Lechuza. That's, uh, that's a lot of backing right now behind them. They, they seem like they're, they're the force to be reckoned with the, down in the Valle, right? Yeah, they're doing really well. Yeah. Adam and Kristen shoot, beautiful couple. Uh, Jorge Maciel. Cava's Maciel. He currently exports, but we we are showcasing a lot of his products. Corona de Valle, Hector Corona, the family down there. Nothing to do with coronavirus or the hotel Look or the, the brand. <laughs> but he's a great dude. He's got an enologist out of Napa. Um, we've got uh, Vinas Emiliana, which is a brand that has never been across the border, never had intentions. And we helped him with their cola labeling, everything to get him to be approved. Uh, Rondo de Valle, Albert Cruz, he's a, he's a import export guy. So he imports and exports stuff for Eugenio and I, grains and malts and bottles and cans and all that. Super rad dude. His, his wines. Are, yeah. Super rad dude. <laughs> he said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I gotta, I gotta like listen to the question before I say, yeah, I might get myself in trouble, but uh, he, he's a varietal guy. He's got a lot of blends and, uh, um, uh, Hacienda Guadalupe. Oh, nice. Very nice couple. Uh, Daniel and Gary. Yeah, we picked some good ones, and we're not we're not dancing with Montesinique. We're not dancing with any of the big guys. We're we're playing with the the good boutique guys that are that are still involved in their brand and passionate about it. So our winery are their partners. We actually don't call them wineries. They're our wine partners. And how we're doing is we're buying directly from them. And so we're paying them without even yeps, which is the Mexican tax. And then an importer named Michelle, she is importing and charging us a price per bottle. So okay. we can be fair on the market because we don't want someone to pay 12, 13, or, you know, 14, 15 bucks for a glass of wine. Like they do in some other places in Bonita, no names. Damn, but, that uh, happens. Yeah, you that's know. a that's a big price on a, on a yeah, glass of wine for any wine, let alone wine from Baja. But what's cool is we have bottles available for people that you know you can only take one liter across the border legally. So the whole goal is to partner partner with our wine partners. So when they have visitors down there, hey, you want to get our wine in volume? You can go to El Cruce and grab four or five bottles, and so it'll be higher than what they pay at the winery, but way lower than going to like Barons or Trader Joe's. How hard or is it like to get a, a license? to do the import export of alcohol super difficult i was gonna say you gotta be like well connected probably to get involved there's all kinds of hands there's a there's a there's the importer yeah and the exporter 
And then there's a trucking company that carries it because everyone's got to have a license to be able to move alcohol. So that's why it's not easy for anyone just to go, oh, yeah, I'll just start bringing beer across or or vice versa, sending beer into Mexico. But it's not impossible. It, no, <laughs> nothing's impossible, but it's how, how open you want your wallet. Yeah. But um, same thing with bringing beer into Mexico. It's the same process reversed, obviously, but it's, it's even more expensive because most of the product that's made in San Diego, obviously, is labeled for 21 and up. So everything that goes into Mexico, whether it's M&Ms or ketchup or alcohol, you have to have this sticker that converts everything over for the, the nutritional facts, everything in Spanish. Okay. And the and the the age and all that. Of so. course you do. Hell yeah. Yeah. And you've seen like on our cans, we have this government warning. In Mexico, it's a the red circle with a pregnant lady, a red circle with a car, you know, not driving, and a red circle saying 18 and up. So it's like, don't drink when you're pregnant, don't drink while you're driving, and you better be 18 and up. So don't drive underage pregnant people drinking while Please. you're driving. But if you do, <laughs> don't get caught. Jesus Christ. So yeah, so El Cruce, here we are. You know, the menu is uh, concept uh, conceptualized by Sano Husong, who's a rad dude, Andreas. He's uh, he's your age. He he grew up, born in Ensenada, he's from the Husong family, but he spent his whole life in Chula Vista going to school here. Okay. So he went to Castle Park, he went to Southwestern College. It's funny, he went to Kevin uh, Kevin's art school, because Kevin's an art teacher at the college. Oh, oh yeah, he is? Yeah. And he's school, a, Kevin? Yeah, and oh, he's okay. a culinary... He teaches culinary school. So Sanito, who's a rad kid, plays plays guitar really well and drums. He, his family owns Sano's restaurant in Ensenada down the street from us. And he's a friend as well. And and he has a concept in his bar called Humo and Sal. So smoke and salt. Very Baja med tr- med style. And his cousin, David Husong, who's born and raised here in, in San Diego, he's the head chef at Bruma. So the, the, the restaurant Fauna, which is the big controversy mm-hmm. between the brewery and the restaurant, but obviously the guys from Guadalajara win because they've got money, more money than Jesus. Big, big money. Big money. Yeah. So Bruma's restaurant Fauna, David um, gave Sano some advice, but really Sano wrote the whole menu. And here we are with a two-story wine bar, taproom kitchen. Right down the street from you. Dude, how hard was it to build that spot out? A la chingazo madre, dude. It was fucking brutal. When did you guys sign the lease to take over that spot? March of 2018. Here we are, November 2020. Yes, and we opened the middle middle of October. Yeah, middle of a pandemic. Like, what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We had to rebuild that whole thing because it was it was the, the zoning for the coding for that building was 40 pounds per square foot back in the day. Because there's a basement down there. Yeah, it was a Sultano. So um, we built it so we could put people on the top floor. It was Harper's Music. Beautiful people. Um, and they Killer were, spot, man. Yeah, it's a great location. It, looked, yeah. it came out good. And I, and I feel great for the family because they were... They're in a world of having to sell musical instruments into a zone that's, you know, the rent's going up. And, and when they, when they forego the ownership of the building, I don't think they negotiated a good lease deal. So they're doing great over there on H Street Broadway, now, Broadway and yeah, H, I think. Sure. They're killing it. I'm happy for the music store. They're still able to service the schools and all the people. And we are able to enjoy this location. So win win. Except we spent a lot of money refurbishing that building. Man, so you guys took more than two years over and two years and change, like you said. That's enough to like, That'll test your commitment to the project, bro. Well, it's 6K a month, too. That'll test your relationship with partners. Yes. That'll test relationship with your wife, yes. with everybody. You know? Everyone Like involved. you said, your wife is down south still running front of the house. And when you're not here, pretty much running everything at, at Trans Peninsula. Yeah. And you're up here building out a new facility. It's a lot inexpensive, so you're, you have to be here, make sure the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed. Yeah. 
It was trying on all of us, bro, and we 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 survived. My wife makes a joke every once in a while. She goes, "I'm gonna divorce you with papers." When she says that, it's like, okay, now the papers are getting involved. That's when I get really worried. When the papers <laughs> get involved. So I love her to bits. She 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 put up with it. Uh, Galen and Pam, I couldn't ask for better partners. Galen can look at a fire blazing and stay calm. He's been through the war and back already. Um, Did you very, need those kind of partners? Yeah, you need partners that are like okay. Very thankful for the partner I don't want team. A, a partner that shook all the time, you know, like, oh, it's like I need somebody that's like, hey, bro, we're going through this together. Just, you know, buckle up. It's going to yeah. get worse. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. And like I said is we went into a building with a lot of unknown. Um, we stumbled into asbestos. And instead of just kind of, you know, shuffling under the rug, we didn't want any problems. So that set us back almost nine months. So oh. we did our own abatement order only on our section. So just for the record, the other sections that are no longer our responsibility – are not protected. So we made sure our side was protected. We had did our own cleaning. They had, you remember all the, the white Nine tents months, out there? Bro? Nine months, bro? Nine months. Why? Because they, they found so much in the floor. All the glue and stuff from all the layers of tile. And we found some flues in the walls, some pipes that were just straight up asbestos, bro. Oh my so they God. had to be removed the good old fashioned way. And uh, like I said, then it, then it opened up all kinds of other doors with the dirt. And then Galen's uh, contracting team were a bunch of good old boys from Ramona and they weren't their stars and bars. They weren't going to step in there until all the paperwork was right. You know, we didn't bring in Jose and Jose B to do the work. We, we brought in a good team and it came out good. It was expensive. It took longer, but we know we, we hold our head high on third Avenue that, our place is built right, and that we can we can know that when people come in, we can tell people the story. And we hope we that pray. That is a story, bro. That is a story. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Anytime it takes more than two years to open anything, it, you know it comes with a story. Well, we drank a lot of Three Punks beer, too. We're, we here, enjoy. we're here to alleviate all the all stresses and pains. So happy we have great neighbors like you and, and James and Tim and Dolly down the street. How has the welcome been here on 3rd Avenue? Everyone's been solid, cool. dude. I mean, cool. everyone's been great. Tony's been cool. Like, mm. Obviously, Chula Vista, the art dude. I love that guy. Um, Don Pedro still kind of scowls at us a little bit, but they're a different market. You know what I mean? Um, the people across the street, super cool. We haven't really run into any, any big pitfalls, of, obviously than the obvious, which we all know about that, but that, that guy doesn't bug us because he's out of our picture. But um, other than that, no, Chula Vista City's been great. Tava, been great. Kelly Lamb. the unspoken drama. <laughs> yeah, you all know it. The um, AC drama, bro. So now that you and are- ain't talking about air conditioning either. <laughs> so now, now that you're three weeks in. Yeah. A month in. Yeah. How's it going? How's it going opening this huge-ass uh, project, labor-intensive, financially like draining- through a middle of a pandemic, Oof. one month in, how is it going? How is it going? So we're not getting rich, that's for sure. What? You opened a business and you didn't get rich what? in the first month? It's supposed to get rich quick. I read it on the back of the airplane magazine. I feel very passionate about it. Uh, the food's killer. Um, sales could be better, obviously. You know the vibe on the street. I think that the the, the style of food we brought is a, is a step above on the street. So I think what we're... We just hired on a new social media marketing team. They... Uh, I, I uh, called Allegiant Strategies. Forget they're really cool guys, but they're going to help us bring more people to Third Avenue from North Park, from parts of San Diego. So we've we're investing in that as our first week starting today. They mm -hmm. took over social media, so it's been good. Our staff is solid. Um, again, like I said, the sales aren't skyrocketing, but wine's moving well. The food's coming out great. Howell, our, our chef who works underneath Sano, is doing a great job. Uh, we haven't had any turnover yet. 
So that's great. The staff seems motivated. We've got a few servers from Carl Strauss. We had we were actually able to cherry pick good staff because yeah. there's a lot of not a lot of people on the market for jobs, or there wasn't a lot of jobs on the market. So yeah, it's tough. Galen, Galen, Pam, and I obviously want to stimulate the sales. We're going to promote more crowler sales and bottles of wine and all that. But we're excited. We're here. We're glad we did it. No one's going shit, man. We're fucking. This sucks, man. <laughs> I gotta- mean, you could be very easily doing that too. You know, you it's, it's what what. Ready for? Absolutely, always ready for a little something. So that's another component that you offer. Like you were saying, growler fills, and you brought over a, a, a crawler. Yeah, we're only allowed. So, so what happened was Marco Cortez, who helped us with our license. I think he helped you out too. Yes, sir. We did it all DIY. Uh, I know, yeah, dude, somebody was trying to somebody was trying to offer us that service for five thousand dollars to do it. <laughs> no, I was like, Nah, Playboy, we we we, we got this. We we'll got do this, this on, we'll do this on our own. Well, that that's somebody. Uh, uh, turned us on to him and, and Marco actually didn't do us dirty. He gave us a fair deal. And what he did is he got us an off-premise license before. Now everyone's got off-premise because yeah. of COVID. But, um, but we are, have an off-premise license to sell grab and go. So we can't do growler fills, but we can do crawlers because they're sealed vessels. Sealed vessels. So we can sell sixers, four mm, packs, packaged, my man. Exactly, bro. So let's do it with a little bit of Jameson in there. Jameson infused IPA. So this is uh, Carretera Tres. IPA. So this is Transpeninsular beer. This is Very nice. So some of, one of the cool things, how many taps do you guys have on? In El Cruce? Yeah. We have 32 taps. 32 taps. So yep, those, top and bottom. So those are 32 opportunities to try a new beer from Baja. Correct. And out of those 32, we're going to have two wines on tap. So okay. Lechuza and Corona de Valle will be house wines. We have a nitro line for the Crowlers, and we have a water line. So we're down to like 26. So that is... That, that's pretty awesome. That, that's definitely bringing something to, to the South Bay that isn't a staple, a mainstay on taps. You know, like um, I tell my hat to Machete because they've been doing it. Yeah, but, but they do it during, like for certain events. And you'll find a couple of, uh, <laughs> of, of a South of the Border um, breweries that are on tap on rotation regularly. But to just completely take over your whole tap list and to completely be Baja Infused Beer and, and Baja Wine – that's that's pretty cool, man. I mean, that that's quite a niche that you, you can develop and then build a whole menu around that. Well, that's, I, I appreciate you saying that, Steve. And it was crazy because we salud. thought, salud, brother, salud, canal. We didn't think that uh, the wineries were going to be the ones that that understood it. The wineries actually jumped on immediately. They were super fr- fired up and pumped. Explaining to the breweries, like, hey, man, you're going to have four to five handles permanent in the hottest area in San Diego. Do you? Me entiendes? Huh? What are you doing? I'm like, ah, oh, geez, dude. And I was like, fuck. I tried explaining to the guys, beating in their head, like, you have permanent handles. You have permanent handles. Like you said, they rotated other respectful locations around town. And and you walk in, there's four wetlands, four insurgente, four fauna. These are yours to facilitate. The other ones are empty right now because, obviously, we want to wait till we can cycle some of the other For the sure. nano and hey, smaller man, guys. It, it doesn't matter how high, how much hype you bring. It. it you still got to grind. Yeah. And which was going to lead to another question is like, how many hours, how often are you guys here now that you're open? Well, so that's really a good question. So Galen, his involvement in the project was construction. So he's the back of the house guy. He's a, a whiz at that, managing all the construction and coordination. Obviously, I was up here every week, but Galen really spearheaded the production. 
Now I step in more involved on the brand relationships, PR, promotions, and Pam is going to be more involved with the go-between with Sean. So our manager, Sean Hale, we hired a, a phenomenal manager. The whole goal that Galen said is I will invest in this project, but I don't want you or me to have to micromanage this. You have a family and a business to run in Mexico, and I've got to get back to retirement because Galen and Pam are retired. Galen likes to hunt and fish and ride quads and, excuse me, uh, the Polarises. So he's like, I'm out. So now the, the question answered is I'm up here every week, um, but I don't have to go in there and tell people to mop floors or how to clean. That's Sean's deal and he's doing phenomenal at it. I'm going to spend more time doing wonderful things like this, hanging out with you, visiting the community, rallying people and make us one of the many stops on the street. Cause we've got kind of a neat crawl now, you know what I mean? Between yeah. you and Chula Vista and third Avenue ale house and you know, the other guys around, you know, pop in and we could be one of the food installations with, sure. the, with a glass For of wine sure, or a beer. I mean, that's the thing that we pride, our, pride ourselves on, on third Avenue specifically is like, we don't want to be that one, one trick pony. We don't want to be the one like two place stop and then everyone's out. More people come in. There, we, there's more of a shine on the block if there's like a a destination allure to it. Like, hey, let's right. go spend our Saturday Take afternoon over here into the evening yeah. on Third Avenue. But do they have food? Yeah, we've got restaurants now. Oh, but do they have more than one or two spots? Yeah, you can legit come down to Third Avenue and, and hang out all day, bro. Yeah, you know, I know people that come down here and they just, you know, like you said, they grab their coffee, they go get some breakfast. Pretty soon, no man, it's noon. Breweries are open. Let's pop in. Oh, you know what? Everyone else is open. Boom, boom, boom. Need some food. Five o'clock, six o'clock, seven. Pretty soon, you've spent all day on Third Avenue. Yeah. It's really neat. It's a really neat area, and I'm I'm I feel very blessed and very thankful that we got an opportunity to be part of this this synergy here on the street, bro. Um, you know, a lot of people go, oh, go to North Park, oh, go to El Cajon, go to La Jolla, go to PB. No, man, I want to be part of like I did down in Baja. I want to be part of the second phase of pioneering because obviously you guys are the pioneers. A couple other cats down here pioneered this beautiful area, but we're on the tail end of that, and I feel like we're phase two of the pioneering. And I'm I'm glad we're here. We're here for you ten. You got to keep growing that hype. For us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is, there's a lot of people that live in Tijuana that can come across right now. You know, obviously, you know that you know the border is closed for people with RB1 visas. So, like, my wife can't even cross the border. I want to tell you a story about the grand opening day, too, about after I finish this little spiel. But there's a lot of people that come from TJ that want to come here and go to Three Punks and enjoy the beers, you know, go to, to James's place down there and have beers. But they're still skeptical on where they go eat, so they go to Tacos El Gordo or something. Eki's like that. Dude, Tacos El Gordo is a slam every day of the week. I know. You got to love it. <laughs> Fuck, it's right. And so is Karina's, bro, and I don't know why. <laughs> but whatever. They can make some good food, too. Hell yeah. They're always jamming, dude. So we're hoping we're going to get a 10% of that. Yeah. If we can get 10% of that crowd, we're happy. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, uh, it's having realistic goals is what I always like focus on here. It's like we're not a stone. We're not a modern time, right? You know, we're we're not a we're not even a mid tier brewery. We're like we're like a very small, you know. You're local, yeah, local, we're local town pub, bro. bro. I mean, yeah. we're, we're just dabbling into like pushing out cans. We're just dabbling into expanding our keg deliveries, you know. So it's like we're we're at a perfect size. Is yeah. what I like, you know. Yeah. It's because our, our flag is planted at here in, in, in the heart of Chula Vista. That's that's where I'm from. That's where like our our, our community base is located. So it's like that's all I want. Yeah. But, there's forces right now pulling us in every direction. Like you said, you should do this, you should do that. And it's like, nah, man, we're good. We're going to let this thing grow organically the way we can, like, it's yep. been growing for the last three grow years. Grow this way, not like this. The only thing I've realized, kind of associated with that, is like, 
the likes do not translate into dollar bills, bro. No. It doesn't matter how many likes or how many followers. It's like I know, I, I know companies and and uh, and uh, what's it called? Other businesses in this industry that pride themselves on so like, many likes, bro. Yeah, on like on their followers and on the, on their likes. And I'm like, you know what? We we do this shit like word of mouth. What's in the organically, You know, it's yeah. like you come in here because you know about it. You know, yeah. you, you you're from Chula Vista. And, Eventually, if it grows enough and people start coming religiously from outside of Chilvisa, but we're okay with just maintaining the South Bay, yep. you know, because yep. everyone's like, oh, man, such and such just did this and they have over 5,000 likes. I was like, bro, let me tell you one thing I've known. It doesn't matter how many likes you like, you, how many likes you have on your company. You're either busy or you're not. Yeah. You're either like Bitcoin, consistent. Bro, can you you're, touch either, it? you're either consistent or you're not. Exactly, so it's like, man. Fuck, dude. Well, there's so many layers to this game. There is. There's so many layers. Social media is important, but it's not going to bring dollars in. It's going to make people more aware of it. But what matters at the end of the day is what the till says when you push the final cut. You know what I mean? And how many beers were poured? How many, in your case, how many beers were, were poured? How many merchandise uh, elements were sold? How much by, is each ticket worth? You know, exactly. like for me, that's what I look at every day, man. Yep. And you have a brewery. You have a business already. But now that you have Cruza, you probably do it just as much. Oof, man, man, I get every, it every night, day. man. Every night, like starting like at, at 7 to 10. I started looking at our our POS. I'm like, okay, cool. So we're on track. Boom. Yep. I can, I can turn it off. Yeah. It's those nights where I'm like, oh wow, you know what? We're not we're not hitting the target. What's going on? We better have like a nice rush at the end. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And then I start. Pandemic taught us to like you know broaden the the, the scope of revenue and wh- where can I grab this from? Where can we get it? What can we put in place to to make our product available to a, a wider, more broader you're, audience. You're off now. premise. Your yeah. off premise like, options like are now, awesome, bro. Yeah, Cause now that we're not all like full capacity indoors and we got to go outside, it's like, what can we do to offset that? So yeah, dude, I mean, fuck. Social media is important. Digital media is important. You got to have somebody on your squad that knows how to do that. We've been doing it in house and I've recently realized I can't do it. I got to yeah. find somebody to do this for you me. You got a family and you got a full time yeah, job. I mean, with even that, brown. I just don't have the skill. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't have the knowledge in, in that, in that channel to understand exactly like in my head, I know exactly what I want to do. And my job or my priority is to find people who can jump in my head and be like, Oh, that's what you got to do. All right. Cool. I got you. And I've slowly done that. Like with getting, um, Chicle, our art director, you know, uh-huh. Cynthia putting her in, up top and, and helping me more in the tasty room. Like Kevin, my partner here, just killing everything downstairs. And like we were talking about earlier, it's like you and your partner realize, okay, we know what's good for our business. If it's we're on this side of the line and they're and our staff is on this side of the line right now, it's like we know that he's important down here. You know, he's he's my head brewer, he's my partner, he's he's he wants to be the head brewer and handle it. Okay, cool. Well, we'll let you do it. One thing that I don't have to worry about is looking for a head brewer. It's like Kevin's got it. Right. Upstairs, it's like, okay. Um, we have staff. I'm here all the time as it relates to getting things in order. Cynthia's going to come in and step up and just kind of be our bar lead. So she is me when I'm not here. Right. It's like, okay, cool. I can step back from that. And that, like you said, gives me the opportunity to business develop, get on the phone, reach out to like Sprouts. Yeah. Hey, man, you guys, can, can we get, you know, can, can we get our product in there? You guys are local, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, okay, boom. We got it. Grow this thing, grow the podcast. And the podcast is like, like, it is expanded to the point where it, it helps the brewery. It I think helps it's my wonderful. other business, bro. It's like it's like a piggyback thing. Everything is just kind of like, um, synergy. synergy like one thing helps the other thing, helps the other thing. Yeah. And ultimately, it's just like a, a circle of things. You know? It starts so like, to flow really yeah. well, man. Actually, it starts like, falling in place, man. It's really cool how that happens. That's where I'm better suited as yeah. an owner, as an operator. It's like, you know, as much as I love working the tasting room and before COVID and being there like three days a week, four days a week. And then Kevin being there the other two days in the morning, it's like, now it's like, 
no, man, I gotta, I gotta be doing other stuff. No, you, you know? expand it out, and that's why yeah. you have a good team, and it lets you as an owner, us as owners, do what we do best. You and I are kind of cut from the same cloth. We get out there, we like people, we like to talk to people, and we like to be passionate about our projects. And you are, you're a business owner of two two places, and you also have a full time job. Yeah. with UPS. Yeah, you're gnarly and a dad. Yeah. Of course, and being a dad, I mean, let's Motherfucker, say, don't forget husband. Why oh, well, come on, guy? Come on, guy. Come on, guy. Being a husband and a father and an entrepreneur is extremely challenging, and I couldn't ask for a better deal. I love it. It's so nice to be like where we're at, you know, yeah, I mean, enjoying the family time, enjoying work time. But here's the thing, Playboy, and you know more than we're, every day. I'm like clawing inch by inch to get to where I want to get to. You know, some days it's slower than the others. Some days I feel like it's like that old school Nintendo game, RC Prime, where I catch the end and I go, I catch one of those little speed routes and it gets me to my destination faster. But more often than not, I'm in quicksand, just climb for like growth inch by inch. Um, People like to rank their shit. Like, what is it? Oh, it's God, family, business. And it's like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not very religious. So for me, it's like family and business. That's it, bro. Like if it, any business decision I make is, does it make sense for my family? Exactly. All right, we'll do it. It's a moot point if it doesn't. At yep. that point, I just can't even like, pers- I can't, can't go even, forward. Can't even go forward. And I'm and, like, and, all right, cool. And I've, I've learned that too, Steve. I mean, I'm a little, obviously a little older. I'm, I've turned How 50. I turned 50 on Father's Day. That's kind of shit. Yeah. Some chavarruca, cabrón. Dude, you are some chavarruca shit, yeah. bro. I know some chavarruca dudes. Motherfucker, you wear that crown. Yeah. Wear proudly. Look at you. Yeah, brother. <laughs> and I stay in that. shape. Cheers, yeah. brother. I stay in shape, do my best. My wife has got me really focused. She's solid. She's an amazing woman, and I couldn't have done it without her. You know what I mean? It's not a man's world anymore. It's a, it's a team effort. You know what I mean? And husband and wife, you, to do this kind of shit, what we're doing, yeah, yeah. fuck needs everyone in. Bro, and you need kids teamwork. to be involved. Yeah, teamwork. Together, everyone achieves more. Exactly. Team, bro. Then That's it. There's no... That's five management, bro. <laughs> bro. Bro, we have Mexican wives. Yes. You know, Woo-wee. let me tell you something about that. That's know. all I know. Let me You know, yeah. I'm a Mexican. Yes. Um, but Mexican wives, bro. You know, they're the most beautiful person you could ever be with, but they're very demanding. Yeah. And you know, if I if I stray from the chorus of, from what I'm my goals are, wifey's there to tell me like, I thought you were doing this for this, for this, for yeah. this, not yeah, for this, for that, for that. I'm like, oh. there. Wait a second, I'm like you're, right, you're right. She's yep. she's my compass. She kind of yep. brings me back on board. It's a good way of putting it. She's they, she's hardcore, bro. Yeah, I, I know how my wifey is. So I can only imagine how your wifey is. No, Gabby is also my <laughs> compass, and you know what? We need to put them together, and they can make a GPS, bro. Because I'm telling you, you know, <laughs> I, I'm 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 proud that I'm married to a beautiful Mexican woman. Besides of the beauty and her all that, she is like you said, freaking Johnny on Jonette on the spot, bro. Like there's no joke. Yeah. Like hey. You said you're doing this. Like, what are you doing, bro? No mames. Are you, are you changing it up? Don't be a verbo. You know what I mean? Don't put salsa on your tacos. She always says so, that. Tell how Get a salsa on your tacos, cabrón. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, that being the case, dude, how do you time management? I mean, because you have a business on both sides of the border, and right now is not the easiest time in the fucking world to be no. just freely internationally traveling. Or is it? I mean, I've been, well, I've been a ghost on both sides, on the Mexico side of the border me, lately. Getting a, Getting across the border, obviously, is pretty much the same as it always been because I have global entry, but it's really sad because she can't cross and she's a partner in this business, which is really sad. So the answer to your question is, is is there is some sacrifice. You know what I mean? I do is I do my morning time with her. We talk about Transponenza-related stuff. She loves Her and I love to get up in the morning, have coffee, and look at the numbers from the night before. So now we have two spreadsheets. We look at El Cruce and Transponenza. She is like a whiz at the municipio and dealing with all the administrative stuff down there because I just I did an American going down in the municipio. It's like fucking ding ding, like a pinball machine, like a ball in an So that's her world. But but the answer to your question is is like I go and I do that. I make sure my home stuff's there. I do my gymnasium time with her. Then I come up here. 
and then I get back in time for, for dinner because I don't like to be up here all night sucking down beers, running around, get my shit handled here, whatever I need to buy here. Vamanos. So, but um, life is very structured and I like it. I needed structure and I'm, I have it. So how did wifey make it um, a point to make it to your guys' opening? Oh, so this is... <laughs> So, I mean, being that Mexican uh, residents aren't allowed to cross RB1s right now. RB1s are not allowed to cross. What is an RB1? So a visa. person mm-hmm. has a visa. There you go. So a visitor visa. And so, but obviously we have some friends that have businesses on that are Mexican nationals that have banking and stuff here. So that one of my buddies, Juan Carlos, goes, write a letter. And we wrote a legit letter that here's our business license. Gabby's an invested partner. And here's our grand opening. And she needs to be there for the grand opening. So we pin it up here. Right when in Playas, when it goes from the Caratera to the Libre, we're in our new tundra, so it's got Cali plates. The municipio cops prey on Cali plated cars. Oh, you went from 110 kilometers per hour, and it's in a 60 zone. Let me let, let me tell you, for those who are listening, <laughs> about traveling on the Cuota and traveling on the side streets. Whenever you guys are traveling down in Sanada, Rosarito, Puerto Nuevo, whatever. Stay on the toll roads. Yes. The last thing you want to do is veer from the fucking toll roads. And after I get this beer, I'll tell you why. So the toll roads are there for your protection, Americans. Yes. Stay on that shit, man. As soon as you leave the toll roads, bro, there are federales, municipio. They're just waiting, bro, on their, on their cycles. Like, oh, look at this guy with this the guy, U.S. Ooh. plates. And they'll pull you over quickly. And it's no coincidence. You look ahead. There's another one on the cycle with another American plate car pulled over. You look in your rearview mirror. There's another yeah, motorcycle. It's Dude, it's a it's a hustle. It's a hustle. And they, they got us. And it was like, I didn't think they expected to roll down the window and talk to a lady speaking in Spanish. But basically, old boy said hey man look do you know there's a speed limit here i go yeah he goes well where do you live i go in sanada okay well then you should know pull the old you should know card uh-huh. you know what i mean and then obviously do you speak spanish no well we're in mexico why don't you speak spanish Oof, uh, so i get all that yeah. fucking shenanigans so gabby takes the, the lead my, my wife just handles business and we said look we're opening a restaurant chula vista mayor mary's waiting to corte listón cabrón we gotta go fuga let's go so how five, much did it cost you 500 pesos how do you boom there's 500 pesos we're about an hour and a half out from the opening where mayor mary's coming so we pin it we get into the century line okay cool let's calm down we got the music going everything's mellow and lane three i go to veer to the left and another guy is kind of veering left too and we tail rub and we're in my wife's brand new tundra so next thing i know i'm in a fender bender in the century line in our new car the dude and i rub tail lights he was in a tacoma and i was in the tundra our tail light popped off wins (laughs) <laughs> it's under one, but Tundra took the bit worse. So the tail light got stuck between us and rolled along the entire side and fucked them. it all t- up. Not scratched, dented the entire side of the fucking truck. So now my wife's coming unglued and I'm going, fuck, I don't want to screw this up. You know, man, we're about five cars out from Century. This is our opening. I got a guy if you need that help. It's already fixed. I already got it out. (laughs) So check it out. So we do our paper exchange in the line. Turns out the dude has farmer's insurance. So do I. So it worked out wonderful. We get into the stall in the caseta, the the line, and I get one of those agents going, do you know, sir, that Sir Donald Trump signed a a document saying that no Mexican nationals are allowed to cross the border? I'm like, whoa, 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 partner. Can you please not talk to me? Do you know this, sir? You're going to secondary. I'm like, Gabby's just going, wala chingada. So wait, when you drove up there and you had written the letters in advance, did you have anything on you, any paper? work saying that okay this like yeah, we wrote a letter this is the letter we have this is the approval I had the grand opening i had the letter i had a, her visa her, she's a global entry member but so no like approval from no there's no there's no geez. such thing as an so approval. it was like rolling the dice when yeah, you got to the like, border so he first saw he scanned the 
up, do you have a visa? And then he goes, sir, Donald Trump. And I was like, whoa, whoa, okay, cool with the Donald Trump thing. So he goes, you're going to secondary, no problem. So we go into secondary, and I'm like, okay, let's just keep it cool, we mellow. And we get an agent, because there's obviously, again, like everyone lives in Chula Vista, half those guys live in Chula yeah, Vista. Yeah, for sure. So luckily we met, I forget the agent's name, but he knows Third Avenue, he's a customer. He's like, yeah, I know Three Punks, I go there all the time, I know about your restaurant, but hey, listen, man, I gotta go run this by a supervisor, I see it's legit, I know you're opening, I follow you on Instagram, like, whoa, okay, so we're off to the good deal. Caveat, Gabby's wearing brand, my wife looks smoking hot, brand new white pants on. Our seven-year-old daughter decided to leave a little bit of chocolate on the seat of our tundra. Oh, I know. So Gabby gets a freaking alabestia up her pants in the sentry line, hoping we're crossing, Fucking, so we're sitting there for like an hour and I'm talking to Galen and Pam. Mayor Mary's chilling, having some wine. She's cool because we wanted to court the liston, cut the ribbon. And finally, the guy goes, Listen, bro, we're going to give you a pardon. You got four hours. Jesus Your God. wife and you need to be across this border before midnight. Or we she can, turns into a fucking pumpkin. She turns into a pumpkin. <laughs> you're freaking, God you're, damn. Your damn tundra with a missing taillight turns into a pumpkin too. Um, so they flag the visas because when you're going into Mexico now, they have a scanner. U.S. has a whole system now. Your tax dollars hard at work. So he goes, listen, man, just go enjoy yourself, but get back before midnight. She'll lose her visa and her global entry. So, lose it. Yeah, not they'll take it and flat out. So next thing you know, it's five ten. Okay, opening was at five. The place is packed. We fucking fly to Plaza Bonita to go to Target, get her some new pants, got her outfitted out, show up, walked right in, said hi to Mary, all the Tava people, Courtly Stone. Everything went great. Had a good opening and then made it back across the border by eleven fifteen. Jesus Christ! That was our opening, and Gabby is like, "That was a wild ride." And now it's a story to tell about. But it Hell was yeah. very as being married to a Mexican woman is very tough. First with the ticket because I was speeding and I'm a cabrón for driving too fast. Then it was, dude, you're an idiot, tonto, cabezón. Why aren't you paying attention to the sentry line? Then it was the chocolate. Then it was the you know gracias adios and thank God bro, she understood. It doesn't matter how you get to so the thankful finish for line. her to understand. Yeah, we and got it, there. It doesn't matter how, bro. Everybody's journey to get to the fucking finish line is <laughs> completely different from anybody else's. You got there, and now you're open. She got Damn. there. We got there. We were all able to be there. Um, we had a nice little opening. Obviously, you came a couple days later. Yes, we had sir. Three soft openings because of COVID. But here we are, man. And like I said, is two story place to host another great installment on third avenue and we're thankful we're here so much so that i think we're gonna have our holiday party down there bro if you guys are like are are doing that kind of setup right now with the covid yeah so we're 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 gonna head on down there and do our thing it's funny you talk about like hassles at the border and i don't i've had police like representation down here before you know and and i've had guests and they talk about like their experiences with the police and la 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 i've never had one you know like i've been lucky knock on wood i've never i've never had an experience and uh where I, I had like shitty situations with the coppers, you know? Um, but God damn it, if I don't get fucked with any time I used to go down to Tijuas or Rosarito and Ensenada, bro. I mean, it was every time, man, every fucking time, whether it's like I'm wearing boots that are not allowed in the US, whether it's like, oh, have you guys been drinking? Or what are you doing with this car? And you're only like 20 this. And what are, every fucking thing. I've gotten sent to secondary for everything. Um, and, you know, we're, we're border. Border kids here, man. Yeah, man. so it's like I, I grew up going across the border every weekend with my family, blah, 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 and I learned early on how to deal, how to deal with the fucking border, but the custom agents rather, yeah. you know, like how to get across. You just give you information. Don't less be is a bro. More, yeah. Don't be a mama. Less be cool. is more. Yeah, just be you cool. Know? But fuck, bro. Every now and then, you just got 
we get we do this dance every time, man. Yeah. Come, come on, on. Come like, on, what, what the fuck? You, you know, know what we're you, doing? You, come you, on, like, man. You know, like now I don't get fucked with because now yeah. I'm older and now I walk across. Never walking. I walked across in the most fucking ridiculous Ooh. state. But they just let me walk across. And I'm like, God damn. Like, they don't give a fuck if you're walking across. But if you're driving across, I feel for some reason you're just boom. Yeah. But, but you got fireworks, have, you got booze, you got cigarettes, you got Now pills. I have Santity. You know, I haven't, yeah. I haven't used Santity too much, but I, I have it. And it's like, we go in there and it's, it's been like fucking less than five minutes across. Yeah, it's you know? beautiful. I love it. I've been uh, in the Sentry program 17 years. And, uh, and I know love. fools that have gotten their Sentry removed from them. Oh, it doesn't man. take much. Bro. No, it doesn't take much. You want to be a fool? You want to be a clown? Oh talk shit God. to the agent? They'll just give you a shit. They'll, it's a privilege. Yeah, it's that a privilege, not like, a right. Yeah, that's exactly. a privilege, dude. Exactly. And, and the thing is, my wife and daughter have it, and that's why he said, not only will she lose her visa, which is a big deal, we're going to pull her global entry oh, also. And I was like, ah, la chingada, no, But we made it. We opened. It was fun. It was crazy. It was like the first thing I wanted to do was have a, a glass of wine and chill out. And Gabby was just like, oh my God, this is a lot to be coming up to the States to open a restaurant. Poor girl. She's like, I just want to go up and fucking say hello. And here we are, fucking ticket, car wreck, secondary, some guy reading us the Fifth Amendment, you know, and then a cool agent from Chula Vista out yeah. of all places. Imagine that. Que casualidad. Una persona vive en Chula Vista. No mames. So next thing you know, we're across and, and uh, three weeks in and the goal is just to have fun now. And if that's not the microcosm for being a small business owner, <laughs> those are all the fucking all the all the struggles and, and obstacles and hoops on fire we got to jump through just to get to the end of a day. Exactly. And, and <laughs> the whole time, Steve, I'm thinking, okay, is she going to be proud of me for me getting her across the border, or am I going to get fucking destroyed once we finish this grand opening? Because you know, like she says that there's a saying like the payaso popsicle. It's got a stick up it. You know what I mean? Yep. It smiles all the time. But it's got a stick. That's her new saying. She's like, I was that that night. I was like, oh shit. You're, we're business. <laughs> That's a business owner trait. You got to learn real quick. I've uh, I've come across a lot of homies that, you know, you got, sometimes you got to play the game. Sometimes you got to play the game, you know? <laughs> yeah. Play the game or get played, man. Yeah. But no, but I love it. I got one little joke for you. So you really are Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican I had to teach you about WhatsApp. I can't believe a Mexican didn't know about WhatsApp. I never use WhatsApp, bro. I know. I feel I proud that I yeah, turned I you like, on to WhatsApp. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I don't need so that. I'm the happiest gringo Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> teach you WhatsApp. Now it's like, now I have a bunch of people who like yeah. send me messages on WhatsApp. Yeah, but yeah, yeah before I, I never fucking even had it on my it's phone. It's amazing, isn't it? Until like the pandemic. Because that's when I had to start calling in favors when people saw the border. Yep. So then that's when I did WhatsApp. But yeah, but you were the, the pioneer in leading, leading the way, bro. Like, why you don't use WhatsApp? You, you are, are the saddest Mexican, dude. What, <laughs> what's up with pandemic right now and operating uh, in Ensenada? How, oh, how is that fucking okay, affecting you? So, so, we, so we are gauged off of, they call it red light, orange light, green light, yellow light. Um, we have very strenuous measures in place. So I don't know if you haven't been down, but everywhere you go, if you're going to go into an establishment, they check your temperature. With a gun, and you have to wipe your feet on these mats. So none of that's done here in the states. It's just wear a mask and come in. Down there, it's it's limited. No children under twelve are allowed to go into the grocery store still, which is very very tough. And being serious, my daughter has has fallen victim to kind of like a recluse stage. It's very difficult for my seven year old. She can't go anywhere. We can go to dinner, which is we can eat indoors under tight like uh, spacing and occupancy, but no Home Depot, no Costco, 
No Target. Oh, we don't have Target. No Walmart. One family member per person still to this day. It's very, very difficult. And the thing is, there's so much ambiguity that the little Pueblos and the little Takati Sixes and Oxos, they don't know which way to swing and some masks, some not. But but in our place, it's we have a sanitation tunnel, which missed down this little spray, um, which is cool. We have 30% occupancy right now, so we can put about 110 people in our place. Uh, temperature reading. 90 minutes per customer, no matter who the fuck you are. If you don't have food in front of your plate and protection severe or alcoholist comes in, they give us a multa. They give us a ticket. And we've been hit twice. And my wife has had to like print tickets going, what about that guy over there? He's waiting for food to go. What about that couple over there? Man, they just finished eating their food, bro. And they're like, leave dirty plates on the table. It's like, no. Like, we're not going to leave dirty plates to simulate that they're eating. We are doing things right. And when people are ready to leave, we give them their bill. And they leave. That time constraint, bro. Yeah, that, bro. That, that time limit, rather. That's that's a big one. It is. But it's crazy, Steve-O, because they decide that they think we're giving them a line of bullshit when really we're being straight with them. You know, all my guys are wearing face shields. So we have face shields, gloves, strenuous things, spray down methods, temperature readings, all the fucking nine yards. And uh, we're able to be open. So, so how's the containment in Ensenada going as a whole? Is there like a success rate? Is it been overrun with the Rona? No, What's- the Rona, the Rona, you know, you hear people say, I got the Rona. It's like, okay, well, how do you know? Oh, because I felt sick. So the, the numbers of hospitals are not gouged with people right now. Um, obviously, people have gotten sick with a flu like they all have. I um, mean, you're asking a guy, it's like talking about politics. I'm still not a huge fan of saying because that guy got a flu, he had coronavirus. But according to the measures that they have in place, our cases are extremely down. Oh, we, good. Yeah, you know, we don't have people dying in hospitals. Um, people have claimed and, and have proven that they've tested positive for the COVD-19. But we are back into a red light during... The last month and a half, we were at yellow and orange, so we were able to actually crank our capacity up. There was a moment there in September where I felt like it was like the good old days, right when football started. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We were back in action, still with social media, uh, sano distancia, social uh, social distancing, not social media. <laughs> Luckily, you know my place, it's big, so we were able to spread yeah, everyone out. a huge place, bro. Yeah. It's we a able, killer spot. Thanks, bro. We were able to put people in the tanks upstairs on the Palapa, so we were able to cover that. But but yeah, now it's back to, we're wondering this week if we're going to get uh, back to to-go only. You, and, you and I both, both yeah. sides of the border. I know. You know, I know. We're, we're teetering on... On uh, purple and red. What do they say? So they do the they do the judging by the colors here too. Yeah, so. yeah. But on all honesty, I'm ignorant to that shit, man. I know there's right. like five fucking colors. Right. I know purple is the one you don't want to be in, and I know we hit purple last week, and they're gonna do a reassessment this week. So okay. all contingent on how many people, how many new cases per hundred thousand people we have. We never hear about Gavin no. Newsom anymore, though. We never hear his name pop up anymore. Are we yeah. gonna start hearing about him again now the elections no, are over? Bro, man, oh man, when it comes to all that, I just like I, I kind of back off. I keep my head down, and it's like, what are the rules? What do we got to do to operate? Yep. What do we got to do to keep my staff and our and the community healthy? All right, like, fuck it. Let's go with let's it. Boom, it. boom, if it, if it means getting... wearing a mask, then fuck it. We're going to wear a mask. It. If it means wearing gloves, we're going to wear gloves. You that's know? it. Tell we're us gonna, what to do and yeah, we follow it. it. It's, it's so much easier to follow It's the ambiguity suit. of like, okay, you got to do this now. Okay, now you got to do that. And it's like, just give me a direct, like a, a directive, and we'll we'll follow through. Give with me it. the bullet points, yeah, and I'll follow. We'll, we'll follow through with them. We're not going to cause. We're not going to be the ones that raise a ruckus. Right. You know, we want to re- maintain our like being open. Yeah. We want the community to have a place to come and absolutely and hang out libation, and, you know? have some food, yeah, be man. able to relax, have a taco, <sighs> be able to come over and hang out. But like the ambiguity is what's killing me, man. And and on both sides of the border, down in Mexico, it's ten times gnarlier because what they've done is the Mexican uh, health 
division, I forget what they call it, Salud, Servicios de Salud. Servicios de Salud, yep. Sí, yeah. Cofrepris. They are focused on California and Texas. And those are two different states doing two different things. So they blend those together, and those are the rules that we're following. So oh. all of a sudden, cases are up in L.A. Oh, wait, wait, wait we got to go to Orange Light, uh, shut down. You know what I mean? Or, hey, everything's okay in Texas. Okay, we're good. Kids can go into the restaurants again. So, and we have a toy area, as you know. It's been roped around. We have to tell families to stay off. Um, you know, it's just it's just really sad because I see, and you, your kids are probably the same way, doing the online school. Yeah. And, you know, I have a seven-year-old that's bouncing on the walls and having her focus and sitting there staring at an IMAX screen for five hours a day is not easy. And my wife trying to be a you know business owner. And a teacher. Yeah. And so, a mom. Exactly. Everything. Teacher, mom, wife, partner. Everything. Lover, everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, take and, it easy. It's a family show. Relax. Yeah, I know. Come on now. You know <laughs> what I mean. But we've we've been blessed with it. We have a, a now we have a, a nanny that lives with us. She's awesome. She's from Oaxaca. She's been very helpful to help Gabby and I balance. El vato tiene nanny. See, si, Check bro. you out, fool. I know, man. Fucking I know. Guy. I still wash my own dishes yeah, and do my own laundry, fool. though. Sometimes on Monday. <laughs> but um, no, it's been really helpful with school because she's got patients like a rhinoceros, man. She just chills and has helped Gabby and I kind of like ground. It's, bueno, really, it's really special. I'm happy you're pulling it all off. You too, I'm, man. I'm happy you're, you're here on Third Avenue and you guys are open. Thank you, um, it, It's nice that more more businesses are coming to Third Avenue, even through the pandemic. It, it's cool, man. You know, it's like it, it it's making us more well-rounded. Yeah. You know, this is one of the, I always say to one of the industries that uh, there's strength in numbers. You know, like there's only so many, um, I don't know, Binchy, what's a good example? Fuck, I don't have one. But in this industry, it's like. The more the merrier. Yeah. Like you have a, there's a bar here and there's a bar there. It's like, is there competition? It's like, no, one drives no. the other. Like one bounces off the Thank other. You, these, bro. these people are going to be jumping from one spot to the next, to the next, to the next. That's the right attitude you know? to have. You so know, it's, it's like, not like, oh, guys taking my crowd. The you way know? I see it is like every time a new business comes to the block, the way I see it. Right. Is it when 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 Cruiser 241 comes to the block? Cruiser 241 has their own following that they've like organically like created and and brought forth a new new set of eyes, new yeah. set of feet and on the block. More, for, you more know, and for that, like, cool. That means more attention on the block. Yep. Another brewery opens, like, cool. They have their own set of followers and people who are passionate about what they're do what they're doing and their brand. That's a whole new set of eyes and feet on the block. Yep. Slowly and steady, everyone is going to benefit off of that. Absolutely. They're not just going to go. To one location, they're gonna see like, hey, what's going on over there? Hey, what's you know? going on over there? Hey, this, it's what's your going job on? as a business owner, our job yes. as a business owner, yes. to like make sure that we put the right foot forward and be like during the pandemic, like this is what we're doing. You know, we're, this is how we're currently taking care and checking the boxes of what's required. So, I mean, there is strength in numbers. I yeah. always harp on like making Third Avenue a destination point because you need to. You don't want it to be like, oh, well, I went to Three Punk and then I left. I went to Chula Vista Brew and then I left. I went to name it. And I left, you know, right. it's like I came to Cruiser 241. I had some food, had a couple of beers. You know what? I like it on Third Avenue. Let's bounce around for a little yeah, bit. It's ping let's pong stick around, around for, din for dinner. Yeah. You know, let's do this. Let's do that. And that's what it's turning into. And that's yeah. what I like the most, man. Well, I, and, I'm, and I guess, again, I say I'm very thankful to be part of the, the club part of the circle i love the local community i love the kenny Olsons, the 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 reeds the, the freaking your crew all the ice boys all the freaking chiseled guys they're you all know? here man they're all in the they're, mix the firefighters yeah, yeah everyone is so cool and, and so inviting and uh you know the, the ones that we're sharing is like you said sharing and clientele is is going to expand everything and, and and more people coming over here and visiting the better for all of us strength nice. in numbers yeah. and that's something that finally is happening 
Mexico. That's been back to the original question. That's been the biggest strength. People don't understand industry. They don't understand how to share the clientele. And finally, they are getting it. And I'm very thankful that. Bueno, brother. Yeah, it's happening finally. You know what I mean? On both sides of the fence. So One thing that I want to do, um, now that everybody's coming to, uh, to Third Avenue and setting up shop, then people are like, well, what are you guys doing? And kind of get back. Or what are you doing for the community that you live in? And da, 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 da. So the boys and I, everybody in the group, we started like the Emo Brown Foundation. So yeah, man, that's what we, we wanted to like link up everybody that we know and kind of raise awareness. You know, they're, they're, Chula Vista is awesome, but Chula Vista has its problems. Chula yeah. Vista has its issues. You know, now that you're a business owner, Playboy on the block, don't I'm be surprised in. when we, Emo Brown, the foundation. <laughs> comes a lock in and, and be like hey man we're raising money for the holidays we'd appreciate it if you could in. do this so I mean you tell me where stay bro stay doomed because that's coming I'm your in. way fucking ain't no mames I'm in dude don't even have to Colin worry about Colin Corrigan Steve O. Garcia thank you for coming through man thank that's you, awesome man. thank you so I, much I appreciate you I know how busy you are and I appreciate you carving out a little hour of your day yeah. just to kind of hang out and shoot thank the you. shit and let everybody know what you got going on here in Chula Vista right and on, in Senada on 3rd Avenue it's awesome, man. You're, you're you're definitely an asset to the community down Thank here. Thank you, bro. And I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, brother. That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican Podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at emobrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon Club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Hop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. Besitos.